Good afternoon, Dave. How are you going? I'm going delightfully well. How are you? Delightfully well. Yeah, I'm sitting back with a cup of green tea. The sun's shining. The temperatures are ticking up day after day until, I think, Friday. So everything's going well. Yeah, it is. It's pretty bloody nice out there. I at think the moment. Thursday is going to be 26. That seems high for this time of year. Doesn't it? Yeah, it's gone. Um, pedal to the metal. Cold rain, bam, 26. Welcome our guests. We've got Connor and Harrison from Love Shack, Bre- Bre- Love Shack Brewery, Love Shack Brewing. Love Shack Brewing Co. Okay. Mm. This is another thing I should have checked before we started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> got a lot going on. Um, just so just so people out there know who's who, uh, can we get you guys to introduce yourself and say a little bit about what you do at Love Shack? Yeah, I'm Harrison. Uh, I'm the head brewer at Love Shack, um, and that's pretty much what my role is, as well as back of house stuff and helping out with deliveries. But yeah, really, just I'm the brewer, and that's yeah, that's it. And I just sit around doing nothing. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Like that. No, I, my name's Connor, and I just I do sales and marketing and anything else that needs to be done. Basically, it's a pretty, I mean, it's just the two of us mainly. And then we've got, so we've got Todd that does all our um, branding and design work. So him and I work quite closely together and we're working on all the new beers and how they look and socials and stuff. So there is a third cog to this amazing machine. <laughs> so what is, what is Love Shack? Uh, I mean, I kind of know a little bit, but um, it's, you know, still kind of new. And I, I think a lot of our audience might not be familiar. Um, can you give us a bit of a quick rundown of how this all came about? Um, I suppose you could almost put, put it down as a bit of a COVID baby. Um, Harrison and I sort of first met, we're both, oh, oh, Harrison started working at Stomping Ground. What year was that? 2016, I think. 2016, and I was, I've been at Stomping Ground since the very beginning before they opened it. I was just working on the bar. Um, and then was doing a maintenance shift each Monday, scrubbing out the bin room and, you know, doing the odd maintenance shift here and there. And, uh, Asher, the head brewer there, sort of took a liking to me, I suppose, and um, suggested that I could come and do some stuff in the brewery. And uh, around that time, Harry was yeah doing a lot of brewing there and um, working in the brewery, obviously. And um, I, what happened? Harry, Asher I, went on holiday. Yeah, I just started there, and then two weeks later, Asher fucked off. Yeah, Asher pissed off. Asher went on holiday, and then Robbo, the other brewer, was supposed to have a baby in two weeks, but that came in one week. Yeah. So then there was a week there when it was just Harry in the brewery and I got thrown into the deep end of trying to learn how to clean kegs, wash tanks and then dry hop tanks and just help Harry out with, you know, the size of stomping ground is. Um, and that's how we sort of met and then we were working together and the brewery got along really well and then... Listened uh, to a bunch of share. Listened to a lot of share. <laughs> um, and then... What, what, and then Harry, what era of share was it? What era? More yeah. just sort of, I don't know what era is, if just I like could turn back popular, time. yeah. That's probably yeah, believe. Blasting I think that. a lot of believe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> blasting that at six thirty in the morning. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, we met there, um, and then Harry got a decent job offer at Mornington, where he come from. Uh, so he left there, and I continued to stay at Stomping Ground. And uh, then COVID sort of hit. Long story short, COVID hit, and because um, I was located in Castlemaine, um, you know, the commute and everything sort of gets to you after a while. But I was sort of shut out of work pretty quickly, especially. Um, because I was working at the airport brewery at the time um, mm. and the Stomping Ground Airport Brewery, which is a whole other sort of story. Um, that was one of the first places to get shut down during COVID. 
obviously, because the airport. <laughs> um, so after that, we just got to thinking. We were always trying to sort of think about opening up a bar out here, and it proved pretty tough because none of the um, everyone once someone gets a tenant in this town, it sort of seems to stay the same tenant for a super long time. Um, no one really leaves, or it just stays as the weird antique shop or a cafe or whatever it normally does. So we sort of struggled to try and open up a bar, and um, yeah, COVID was still kicking around. Everyone was pretty hesitant to put tenants in, um, and then. What happened, Harry? I was, oh yeah, we looked at a lease down the road and I knew Tim Heath over at the Theatre Royal. And I sort of said to him, I was like, Tim, we're about to uh, apply for a lease down the street and put a bar in there. You don't mind if we do that, do you? Like, I don't want to tread on any toes or anything. And he's just like, no, I would love to have you out here. And he's like, oh, it's a shame you couldn't put a brewery in the shed out the back here. I'm like, what, what bloody shed? <laughs> Look at this decrepit old shed that was some tin, a tin roof and a dirt floor. And we were like, we can definitely put a shed in here. Uh, sorry, put a brewery in here. It's, 36 square metres and now we've sort of got a six hectare brew house with three 12 hectare fermenters that Harry sort of is in there most days, either sweating in winter or chilling in, uh, sorry, sweating in summer and chilling in winter. So it's uh, not very insulated and yeah, it's all great. And um, now we're sort of at a stage where we've actually signed a lease on the new place and our current site is 36 square metres um, and the new site is 360 square metres and it's literally next door. We actually share, share a wall with our current brewery um, and yeah, we just signed a long lease on that and uh, stoked to get everything started and um, more tanks and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I guess that was a short question, a short, a long answer for a short question. <laughs> the, they're the best questions yeah. if you guys. <laughs> it just makes you sit back and relax. <laughs> so what's the, what's the time frame then from your first, I guess, getting the brewery up and running to now? How long's that been? The deposit on the brew house in September 2020. And then we opened our doors November 30, uh, sorry, December 31st, so New Year's Eve. Our ABN turned one, what, seven days ago? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We didn't make a cake or anything like that, but we still celebrated. <laughs> and so you're, you're, are you expanding, like getting a brew, bigger brew kit or it's just the... the same same size brew kit. I'll just run it a bit harder, but we're getting um, four more tanks that are twice the size as the ones we have now, so increased production by a fair bit. And also have the um, beauty of East Coast canning coming in and us being able to can more beers and get more range, get all our range into cans, which Very is fun. the way to go. And it's exciting for us because then we just don't have pale in our fridges at home. We can have, you know, the full core range, which <laughs> yeah. is any reason to kind of push through that stuff. Because <laughs> you're sick of drinking the same beer. I'm not sick of it, Actually, which is weird. Probably not. <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so um, it's exciting. So uh, tell us a bit of, well, I guess people outside of Victoria might not know Castlemaine. Uh, where is it in relation to Melbourne and, and what's, its, what's the story of the town? It's an hour and a half up the colder um, and it's, not, it's actually a, such a mellow drive and I think people sort of seem to not realise that. They come up every time I visit me or, me or Harry and it's sort of like, the drive is actually very easy. <laughs> it's like, it's a quite a quite beautiful one. Like you, um, you go past the Calder Raceway and what sort of basically once you get past that massive service station, it's just 110, 110 the whole to... way until you get to Yeah, you just go, don't you? You come yeah. down a nice windy road and you're here. Um, but it's an old gold mining town. So before, um, like Melbourne, it had a bigger population than Melbourne back in like 1850 to 1860 sort of thing. So there's a lot of infrastructure here that's super old and um, it, it was uh, it, this and Bend- Castlemaine and Bendigo were two yeah, massive places. So there's a big population. It's already rising and um, they call it North Northcote. And when we first opened up, 
um, and the whole sort of, of Melbourne opened up, we were working the bar and um, we were getting a lot of visitors come through and you can sort of tell the non the non locals in Castlemaine when you work in the bar <laughs> and you ask them what they're doing in town or where they're from and fifty percent of them were just coming up to have a look at the houses or just visiting or whatever they're doing up here. But yeah, a lot of them weren't from Melbourne, uh, weren't from town. Um, and it's it's almost I don't know if you've ever been to Dalesford on a on a weekend, any weekend, it's always super busy and it always it seems to just be sort of spreading across this way a little bit because Castlemaine has got quite a lot to offer. It's got the mill market, it's got Shed Shaker Brewery, it's got a few good pubs and another couple of good wineries as well. And it's really starting to hold its own in terms of tourism. And yeah, we're sort of getting in at the right stage where um, no one can really get out and no one can go internationally at the moment. So everyone's sort of coming to the main, which is, uh, yeah, it's good. It's exciting. It's and it's got a times. train station as well, which is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. The V line, which has toilets on it, yeah. which I love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That old diesel train that rattles through. Yeah, it's great. It's good. Um, I just put up some pictures of the brewery uh, using Google. Uh, using <laughs> Thanks, Luke. Good. Yeah, Google. Is this paid? Is this paid yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From our mates at Google. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Check it out if you have a moment. Uh, it'll be <laughs> Um, the Theatre Royale building's awesome. Yes. Beautiful. Uh, super, like, Art Deco kind of vibes. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, the shack is literally a shack in, in such a cool charming way yeah, but, uh, yeah. it's got a fun vibe there are you going to try and keep that shack vibe going across to the new new place um by making it shitter no <laughs> 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 just taking to it with like a um a hammer and just like and put needs a tin up yeah, probably not yeah, 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 yeah. that leaks <laughs> yeah potentially not it might be like a bit of a bougie shack but it'll be a shack nonetheless um Excellent. yeah uh it's pretty hard to recreate uh falling over shed legally is it <laughs> i look looking at it like it's it's super charming mm. is it charming to work in uh <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's all right like uh, i'm very excited for this new place um i'm getting a yeah. forklift which my back is very grateful for um and a like a mill grain auger system as well which will also save my back so that's kind of nice. Um, there's a bit of novelty at it, but it's yeah, it's not the best place to open a brewery, really. Mm. It's literally mm. the ceiling height so low. Harry sits on. Harry's not the tallest bloke ever, and he stands on the brew deck Six and, foot. He hit, and he hits <laughs> his and he, and he hits his head hits his head on the ceiling as he's brewing. Yeah. And, you know, I've got to put a fan yeah. on the uh, mash tun so it blows all the steam out of the shed, or else the whole shed just ends up raining inside so like you'll be on your laptop and you'll have a water drop and your trackpad or whatever and you're just like this is just dumb <laughs> yeah, it's, it, yeah it, like you said it was charming at first and then logistically it's a bit tough too because there's no storage and, yeah you know, you're loading kegs yeah. in and out by hand you know 20 at a time and the ute's not that big so you go to two trips to cold storage and that takes up you know two hours and there's no room and and then on friday everything has to be fully clean because you're open to the public and you know, you, you kind of the brewery split spills out to where the tables are and people would sit. So you got to make sure everything gets packed up and and then wheeling the mill up and down. It's three hundred kilos. Like, yeah, it's a bit a bit tiring, but I do love brewing. So Looks it good. Kind of, it kind of, it's fine at the same time. <laughs> are, you, are you gonna have much extra um, hospitality space uh, at the at the 
next door? For sure, yeah. We've um, just cool. applied for a general liquor license and it'll be able to house sort of 150 people. Um, so it's a pretty big venue space. Um, yeah, very excited about that. And especially like coming from Stomping Ground, you can see the success that they've had with all that whole place and um, what they can do in sort of terms of education as well. Like just that getting people to drink more craft beer and that's something that in Castle Maine, I don't think that, you know, a lot of people really do. Um, and that's another reason our pale ale is so easy to drink and like just super smashable is because it doesn't need to be super crazy. And we know who, our, who we're trying to get to buy a beer and that's, you know, the locals around here who have just finished playing footy down the road and they come up and they're like, oh, wouldn't mind a cold one. They just, they don't, they're a bit scared off by the words pale ale. So to make it super appro approachable, I mean, I think Harry's done a really, really good job and similar things with our lager. Yeah, guys haven't tried that yet, but when you do, you'll see that it is just a super mellow hella style lager and it's just yeah easy to drink but um when you've got a hospitality venue you can almost you can you can educate people as well as just you know responsibly serve them <laughs> yeah that was gonna be one of my questions about yeah the locals and you know did they sort of start sticking their heads in and you know what's what's going on here what's all this scene yeah kind of you, thing, make, you make a friends in town when they hear you're opening a brewery mm. for sure and like we, we hitched ourselves to an amazing horse which is the theater royal and they they're a, uh, a, a, a what's the word? Oh, an institution in this town mm. where like everyone knows and they grew up here. We've sort of come into their world and they've welcomed us with open arms. And especially when we had there's a they put up some pergolas and that transforms into a stage in the summer. And um, they just have local bands playing and that brings all the locals through. And they're always a bit hesitant to try the beer and you give them the beer and they're like, Jesus, this is actually really good. And then they start drinking more of it. And then the next thing you know, you've got a local. So. Um, and I mean, yeah. we're both very friendly people and we sort of get out there and have a beer with them, but not never on shift, but, um, you know, just, <laughs> of course not. You know, um, and then just sort of, you know, talk a bit of shit and just be friendly and be, uh, hospitable, which is, you know, what we're, I assume that's where the word hospitality came from or what, I don't know which came first, but yeah, you know, it's just sort of bringing, bringing an experience to the beer as well as just selling beer. Um, the pale is uh as, as you said quite quite light uh, i'm not going to terrify anyone but there's a lot of uh, i got a, a ton of flavor from it as well uh almost kind of bolter xpa and and kind of approach is kind of what i how i thought of it can you give us a bit of a rundown of how it's made what you what your take is it am i close in saying it's bolter xpa um sorry just before harry explains the how he's done it that's actually how i would sort of go out and explain it to a lot of people is like how approachable it is and it's in that realm of sort of your bolter xba your kaiju crush pacific ale almost and it's like it's super easy yeah approachable people really hitch their horses to it and you know it's it's more of a, a you can people buy slabs of it here as opposed mm. to just you know the odd four pack here and there like yeah it's great but then I mean, yeah you definitely hit the nail on the head there i think um yeah I, th I think, you know, working at such amazing breweries, you know, Mornington, um, Stomground, and then Hop Nation, like, I mean, they're three of the best breweries in Australia. I mean, it's kind of like big influences from them and just kind of what I learned just working there, which was just, you know, simplicity just is kind of the best thing and, you know, kind of getting a bit too in your own head and trying to throw too many ingredients at it and, just like the relationships that I still have with all those people and the advice they gave me, you know, it just kind of helped me, you know, 
write these recipes and and just yeah it's just kind of simplicity is kind of always at the forefront of my mind um with making any beer um and then also it's got to be simple for me as well when it comes like ordering ordering ingredients and managing that as well i'm going to make that easier for me as well because you know too much too much is actually going to make it harder for me and so yeah so a lot of simplicity with all of my beers really um and also brewing with the the with the you know Castlemaine crowd, I guess, in mind and the country crowd, like just trying to give them something really approachable and and yeah, I mean not trying to reinvent the wheel at all, just trying to make a wheel, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um so how does that I guess carry through to the other the other beers that you've got? Uh how many how many do you I guess have a core range yet or are you still trying to work that out yeah so our core range at the moment is uh pale lager and ipa which is just three i mean we have three tanks um so it kind of made sense and then it's just have those three going um and you know try and fit in specialties where we can when stock levels go up it's like you know oh well we can squeeze in a new beer here and they're all beers that you know because i've never brewed any Love Shacks hasn't brewed any beers. It's kind of a fresh palate. So, you know, there's heaps of beer styles that we can kind of choose to brew. I guess it comes down to what Connor and I are picking up at the bottle shop sometimes. And we go, let's kind of, let's brew one of those. And and we just have a chat about, you know, beers that we enjoy. I mean, that's always the big thing is, you know, we have to enjoy the beer. Um, and then the specialties that we've done is a, a passion fruit and pineapple sour. A um, strawberry and basil sour as well. That was our first collaboration we did um, with the Theatre Royale, who's got a gelato flavour ice cream. That's that. So, you know, inspiration can find you in strange and sweet places. <laughs> um, and then after that was the ESB, I think. Um, we did some on hand pump um, solely for the reason because it was a, a bar that had a hand pump and Connor and I would just would go to that bar called the Railway in Castlemaine. Sorry, it's a pub. It's a pub, sorry. Sorry, it's a real good pub. <laughs> sorry, it's a real good pub. Um, and I think it wasn't working and we just we said, let's do an ESB so we can just drink there and have hand pump beer. Fuck like it. <laughs> How good would that be? That's the, yeah, that's the, that's the best reason possible. Spent yeah. like five hours yeah, fixing his hand pump it, ordering parts in and... <laughs> And all that, and then I think <laughs> the night that he got fixed, yeah. I think we had like seven pints each of it. Or something yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he definitely needed a keg two days after. Yeah, that's good. We really broke it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's so good though. Like it's almost it's almost one of those like idyllic things to go to like a regional town, sit down on the in the main pub and have a ESB on hand pub. I mean, yeah. that's yeah, yeah. heaven. Like they do a keg a week. And he pays me by check. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's how oh, I love it. It's one of my customers. Oh, so did, do you do that, that regularly for them? Yeah, we did. We, I think yeah. we, we had like eight hand pump kegs and We've got two we left. sold one to somewhere in the city. And then oh, man, he's taken them all. Really? Yeah. Right, there you go. <laughs> That's how across sales <laughs> I am. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's That's done, so he's good. He's done them all. He does one a week. Like, so the locals love the hand pump too. They're kind of spewing. So yeah. they're not going to have it all year. We'll have to do it again. <laughs> um, and then Actually, Brown and then Stout was our latest um, specialty. And I've got another one on the whiteboard, so that, that will come. And just about balancing and finding tank space as well because we've got to make sure that pale and 
IPA and lager, all you know, stock levels are up because we always got to offer customers at least those three beers, and then yeah, we just churn through some specialties when we can. I think uh, Mr. West said they have a keg of the hand pump. Oh, sorry, keg of the ESB. Yes, I'm not sure when that's, I mean, when we're able to get it back into pubs, hopefully they're going to put that on because I'm quite, I've heard, I, a friend of mine I think went to Castlemaine and said how much he was surprised to find a ESB on hand pump mm. at the pub uh, and was stoked because it was really good. Mm. Good. <laughs> Thank, God. Thank God. Yeah. He was stoked because it was really shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, it's kind of an interesting, interesting one to brew as well because no one's really making an ESB. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, like a, I mean, fuck, stomping ground, do one, and you're probably not. I'm originally from England, and Connor's Harry English. Has, my Harry, wife's yeah. English, and my mum's oh, English. Okay. So, I mean, what more reason do you want? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Felt I mean, it just tastes. <laughs> I mean, it's such a sick beer. I don't know why no more, not many more people do that. And I feel like, yeah, some of the simpler beers to make are just like the old school sort of ones, like an old ale, or I almost want to do a sparkling ale, which I think is still on the cards. And definitely. Just some, yeah, super traditional styles like that where no one really, yeah, thinks about doing them. Everyone's just trying to make neepers and, I don't know, whatever else. Footy, leather, sour. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, I was looking at a footy when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea, though. I mean, no, if, if, if I went beer shopping and saw a, um, like a, like a new ESB, there's no way I'm not buying that. Yeah, exactly, yeah, mm. yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we were chatting to Dunk last week about uh, how good Rattenham's going for them mm. and, you know, just how it's become a hype beer for a Pilsner, which is crazy. And I I sort of think there is – people are starting to kind of drift back to some of those styles. Um, you know, if you really nail it, and, and it's probably there's a, a confluence of marketing and reach as well, you know, make it look good on the tin um, or on tap and people are going to – start looking for it i think well, i think plenty of people would have um entered into their craft beer journey when that was sort of like uh like the industry progressed past that a little bit so they start to get some more well-made like more uh simple flavor profile beers and go gee these are all right mm. Mm. yeah most people these days are just their first Beer was a sour or a hazy, it seems. Yeah, I which is great. Find myself going to the bottle shop and just—I mean, sometimes I just want like a big can of something. So, yeah, you know, it doesn't seem like I'm drinking heaps. It just seems like I'm having one big can. <laughs> <laughs> That's potentially. Logical. I could have Justin join us actually. Yeah, yeah. He, um, just have yeah, one can and yeah, just one can of ten percent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but but yeah, I mean, it's always the stuff that's in a tall can is kind of just a bit too wild and wacky like i've just you know give me just a double ipa <laughs> you know that's nothing true or an esp or fuck even a pills in a big city in a big can yeah or just watch oh, this space, watch yeah. space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i had the uh burnley hellas on the weekend and i think it was a 440 mil can mm. and it was such a delight mm. oh I just wanted to go and buy as many as I could at that moment. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, those those kind of beers, like if you have a 330ml or a 375ml can of it, you get to the end and it's like a bit more would be tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you want a pint of it, don't you, really? Yeah, exactly. You just want to smash pints. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get offended whenever I get asked at the bar what size beer I want. 
it's yeah. obvious. I you think. should get a shirt that says pints only. Yeah, that's only, yeah, <laughs> legends would wear that shirt for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, merch that, idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at your kind of branding now and that would fit pretty perfectly oh, with totally. your. <laughs> yeah, for sure. In a ring of tea. That's actually kind of sick. <laughs> yeah. Only because I really like ring of teas, obviously. That's just me doing marketing's job for the yeah, game. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> so um, I want to talk about the brand because it is – I mean, Love Shack, I'm guessing, came from the shack, uh, sure. um, unless you had that name before you moved in. The name came from a pretty funny place, actually. Like, um, I'm not sure if you guys know Orville Peck. Yep. He's a mass, I'm a big fan and Harry's a big fan too. And I sort of – I, I started event management a long time ago and the way I'd always have to come up with hypothetical events and the way I'd think of names just by looking at songs I was listening to at the time and just finding lyrics and there's always something in that. So I was like, we were trying to always, so when we were opening up a bar, the bar was going to be called Ned's Bar, which is named after my dog, Ned. And Oh, I know Ned. He's stomping ground yeah, here. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I've, I've given him a big pat before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> big St. Bernard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big slobbery kiss back, I bet. Yeah, he's yeah, great. One of the best. <laughs> Boy. Um, so that was our, our name for the bar, and we always knew we were going to open a brewery, and we were always trying to think of what the brewery name was, and nothing ever stuck, and... I reverted back to that old sort of method of looking at someone I really like at the time and I sort of Googled Orville Peck and it came up and one of the words on there was love lust and I sort of texted Harry, I was like, oh, this is the first time I've felt anything towards a potential name for a brewery, love lust. And he was like, oh, what about love shack? And I was like, that hit even better. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. I think we went through Shares albums before then though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Relief, that's kind of good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like, that's just so, that's how we got to it, and like you know, I sort of pitched this name to a few other people. A lot of like obviously, as you do, you sort of send it to people, and a lot of people were sort of like, "Oh, the song." I was like, "Oh, fuck, I didn't even think of the song." Oh well, um, uh, what song? <laughs> um, and then I like, didn't even think of the song. Um, and then I was like, "If I didn't think of it, maybe not everyone is going to." But then if it does with some people, that's kind of fine too, because you know. No one song. doesn't like that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it actually so happens that RuPaul's first ever uh, commercial performance was in that song. Yeah. You know that? Yeah, you cool. did say that. Um, so, spooky. Spooky, yeah, really <laughs> spooky. Um, so that was sort of how the name came about. And then, yeah, the branding, if that was part of the question. I don't know, I'm just ranting. Yeah, that was part of the question. The branding sort of came about, like, you know, we've got easy. some inspirations from a lot from people that do it really well, and why wouldn't you do that? Um so Todd and I sort of had a chat and Weekdays Design is who he is, um, who he, who he, the company that he owns. They sort of came back with a few ideas and we nutted a few things out and found one that we really like and landed on and, yeah, here we are, basically. And um, the slogan we have, Experience the Experience, actually came from The Shack, which is our brewery shed, and that was uh, plastered over uh, the side of a fridge um, from the Theatre Royal that was dated back to sort of... The 19 somethings, really long time ago, anyway. Um, and they were using that fridge in there, but it, it hadn't seen the light of day for a really long time. I was like, hey, what's this uh, slogan on the side here? It's amazing. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm just on that fridge. I'm like, okay, sweet. Do you mind if we use it? <laughs> no worries, I guess. And I think it's off a movie. Um, I don't know what movie or where it's from, but it's definitely off something. Um, but I don't know. It's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what does it even mean? And it's like, but you can just explain it away by saying it again. Yeah. You know, it's just ex experience the experience. Are you experiencing the experience? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just say it differently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like well, it. Yeah. 
by, by questioning it, you're not experiencing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you have to ask, then you're just, not experiencing yeah, the experience yeah. enough. That's it. Just lean into it. <laughs> and lean into the experience. Yeah, that's a new one. <laughs> what um, direction did you give um, the designers for how to approach the – well, I'm looking at the pale can, that one in, in particular, or just the theme in general? The theme in general is sort of – I mean, we always like the traditional sort of beers um, and uh, sorry, the traditional branding of things. And we always sort of take a step back and sort of we'll have a look at some of the older style cans. And then if you look at sort of the most popular brands in the industry nowadays and what they are, and they're sort of super simple, most of them, like not really much going on in the can or um, much going on in the whole brand sort of thing. It's like we're beer, beer is super simple. We make our beer in a simple way. Let's, project that through the brand um, and uh, on our can we've got logo and then beer name on the bottom and then we have the other we have the exact same on the other side of the can and something during the planning of this can we didn't have, we, we sort of noticed that the commercial people will do that so vb melbourne sorry not the commercial people the big boys will do that vb melbourne carlton draft they all sort of put logos on both sides of the can and information about the can on in this on the sides does that make sense yeah. So I was like, why does no craft place do that? Like, I mean, if you can see the logo every side that you're drinking it on, surely that's better than not being able to do that. Um, so that was sort of one thing that we like really, really noticed about that. And then, then kind of just also looked at colors and what colors are typically used in the industry and what colors aren't so typically used. And we sort of, yeah, went off that. But there was never really like a clear, this is what we want. It was definitely always a working thing. And, oh, man, did we cut it fine with the cans? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. so That's there's good. a massive oh, coca-cola came along and bumped us off this printing so our cans are printed um mm. that's why i choose to drink pepsi <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> and coca-cola came along they were printing our cans two weeks before the canning date coca-cola came along and like we need a million trillion cans print them now and they're like no worries <laughs> kick these guys off the line and they pushed us back two weeks and the two-week date was one day before the canning day and I was on the phone, I was like, what, how, what are you doing? Like, you said this was going to be here a week beforehand. And they're like, well, this happened. Okay. They arrived, I think they got printed at like 9.30 in the morning and they arrived at 11.30 in the afternoon and they canned them the next day or something like that. It was like wow. that close um, of how Jeez. like tight it was. Because we, we print out, uh, sorry, print our cans. fill our cans over at Burnley and obviously they're pretty busy. So once a tank's once a tank's emptied, it's cleaned and then filled again within the day, pretty much. And the canning day was the canning day, and we was like, "What are we going to do? Mm. Are we going to have to put these in blank cans and label them? What's the point in having these printed cans? Are we going to keg it? We don't need this many kegs." It's like, <laughs> God. Carwin Sellers' launch was booked, everything was done, and it's like, oh, wow, yeah, it's terrifying. But we just you know, didn't have the boxes, so we had to repackage. Oh, that's right, we had to repack them all. Yeah, in the, in the boxes our branded boxes, so. The yeah. thrill of the chase. <laughs> yeah. Coca-Cola, huh? You're already being shoved around by the big guys. No, that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. They saw us. <laughs> get out of here. We're just, we're they didn't even need the cans. They just wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once you uh, set up in the new place, what's going to be, I guess, the approach with the hospitality side? Are you going to look to add food and stuff or are you just going to keep it nice and simple? Yeah, I think um, it'll be, yeah, we'll have, I think we're aiming for sort of 12 taps, a couple of hand pumps and a couple of nitro taps as well. So a fair few of those. Um, and then we'll have a kitchen eventually as well, um, which we'll probably order 
at the moment we're sort of looking to do sort of burgers, <clears throat> fried chicken, fries. But the town doesn't really have that. There's a lot of pizzas in town. Um, there's a lot of cafes in town. Um, but yeah, nothing really sort of, I guess, for lack of a better word, is it like American style food out this way? And I think it'd do really well, especially for sort of the takeaway scene. I don't know if you guys saw that we're doing the um, Leonard's House of Love dad packs out this way um, mm. for Father's Day. Um, and that's sort of, that's pretty resemblant of the food that we would look to bring out this way. Um, so it's not, it's not a trial run by any means, but it's, uh, you know, it's sort of bringing a bit of a taste of what we can bring in the future. Um, and then we can sort of, because, you know, it's ours, we can do whatever the hell we want. We'll be able to do like a taco night or a pasta night or whatever we, whatever we can, and, you know, just mix it up a little bit. So the town can sort of really enjoy something different. Mm. And what do you, where do you want to take the beers? Is there kind of a long-term like, um, you know, kind of keep this approach of sort of classic styles done really well or do you want to start, you know, doing some crazy barrel stuff or how does that look? Uh, I would like to do some barrel stuff. Um, <clears throat> whether or not that's sour production just yet, I think um, we're better off kind of having a separate space. And this space is a lot bigger than what we have now, but it still might not be big enough so but there's always um good relationships we've got with you know local wineries or distilleries so um definitely some barrel exchange that we could do for hopefully some russian imperial stout or something like that we'll just see i mean me and connor both really like that style so it's pretty much all all the meetings that we have to have about whether or not we brew something <laughs> so um i'd like to do that as a yearly release um but yeah, I, I wouldn't really push too hard for the sour stuff just yet. I mean, I do really like the style, but, um, yeah, just, just trying to get my head around this bigger production and, and all that first, I guess, and managing East Coast canning coming out and just a lot on the plate and don't want to sign up to too much. <laughs> We're going to add to the core range um, in the next couple of months once we get these new tanks. Um, we've, we brewed a mid-strength red IPA, which has had a massive, um, massive sort of following in a way, I suppose. 1-800 lasagna on um, uh, High Street. They, they're doing heaps of kegs of that. And Theatre Royal does really well. It's sort of really hard to get people to try it in a way, especially out here because everyone's sort of scared of mid-strengths for whatever reason. But I feel like, you know, there's the non-alcoholic revolution and there's the mid-strength revolution as well where people are getting super excited about that sort of, those beers that aren't just super heavy and boozy. So then we're going to add that mid-strength bread to our core range and Harry's done a really good job of making it not seem like it's mid-strength. So you can feel like you're actually drinking a proper beer, I suppose. Is mm. that good wording? And even something that's a bit a bit darker can kind of put people off as well sometimes, can't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the colour sometimes scares people. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's all just, again, with this with this hospitality venue and you've got good staff that trained well and they can just sort of um, educate whoever's about to drink it and just give them a little bit of it and just try it. You might like it. I'll pour the other thing that you ordered. I'll pour your lager, but try this thing. And then if they like it, they like it. Maybe they order a pint of it next time they come up before they don't. Because... <laughs> and with my brew house only being, you know, six, 600 heck, sorry, six heck, um, it kind of allows us to do really small batches of stuff, which is great because, you know, if we've got the venue going, you know, we can at least know that five of those kegs are going to go through the venue, if not all of them. And um, we can kind of play around with those classic styles um, and just, yeah, keep making those beers. Just pretty much just go through the BJCP guidelines and brew every single one of them. 
it's actually yeah, what's that? Yeah, I think there's what, 200. Oh, too many. Too many. <laughs> 200, too many. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that sounds like a lot of fun. I, uh, you mentioned a couple of places around Melbourne where people can get your beers. How far is distribution at the moment for you? Um, wherever the bloody hell it will go. The furthest place will be as of next week, Perth. Um, I've got a few. Wow. Yeah, I've got a few people over there that want beer, so why not just send it over? Not too. I mean, I lived there for a while, and I've got a mate who owns a couple of venues, and COVID another mate who owns a bottle, and you know, everyone. <laughs> we can't sell kegs here at the moment, so may as well send them where we can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's great. Eats into your margin a little bit, but whatever. It's just, just what it is. Um, so yeah, Perth soon, and Sydney's actually going to take some uh, PNV wine over there. PNV liquor or wine? I'm not sure. Hope they don't listen. I didn't get their name. Um, uh, they're going to take it in Sydney, and then in Melbourne, it's sort of it's kind of everywhere um, in terms of northeast, southwest. But um, I actually did a thing on Instagram the last week, week before, where I just asked people to see where they could get it, and I'll just point them towards it. And there was kind of wasn't really; it was almost a bit of an experiment. It was pretty well covered, uh, and then I was like, "Oh, you can go to this place." And they're like, "Well, they're sold out." And I was like, "Well, I'll send them an email and get them again." <laughs> Someone doing my job for me. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 pretty well all over the place, and I think having that relationship with either a lot of bar owners and you know having worked at Stomping Ground and doing events and whatever else, and I mean Cassie and Trevor at Stomping Ground sort of always do God's work by mentioning us to to people that have rotating taps, and yeah, it's nice to have friends in the right places. That's for damn sure. But I think a lot of the time, like the branding does a lot of the work for us and I get hit up on Instagram a lot and just rock up with a sample and say, take this. And, you know, if people can trust Harry from where he's worked at and how good he is at his job, they don't even really need a sample, which is sort of one of the hard parts of this job is not having samples for absolutely everything, just having a pale ale can finally. Before that, I was just sort of going, people was like, do you want to buy some beer? And I'm like, can I taste it? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> just trust nah, me. Seriously, yeah, I it, was having it rules. Yeah, it, 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 you know, learn a fair bit about you know uh, trying to sell something when you haven't got anything to actually. Do. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like without you know, without a sample, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. gentle pale ale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, uh, <laughs> try this one; it might be similar, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I, I think again, like I approach this whole thing so simple and just sort of we always want to have a good time as much as we can and sort of bring that out to the the sales force which if we can be so crude as to use that but you know just try and take it pretty easy and not shove it down anyone's throat and make it more of a conversation rather than a sales pitch yeah that's mm. we'd hate to have anyone feel forced to buy the beer rather than just enjoy to buy the beer you know are you guys uh just thinking of the story of how you started and you know you're talking about now getting beer around Australia, uh, almost kind of seems like this all almost all happened by accident. Are you surprised with how quickly it's going? Um, would it be? Have you, have you thought about that yet? No. Like, I don't know. I just guess. No. Nah. I feel like if you've got a good recipe, why wouldn't it taste good? You know, like, like mm. Harry really knows how to make beer really good and Todd really knows how to brand things really good. And, and you really know how to sell things I just, really no, good. No, you really are. Just, you're just good salesman. I just, like, I just, just sell ice to an Eskimo. That's how I describe just, you. Yeah, I just get it done. I just don't think there was ever, like we couldn't, it could not work. Otherwise we'd be, for lack of a better word, 
fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's awesome, we, though. We, yeah, mean, yeah. Like, we had to make it I work think... as well, especially with, like we've got kids, both of us. You know, we've got to make it work. There's no, there's no negotiate. Like it has to work. So like we've got to put all our effort into it. And you know, thank you to our lovely partners at home because <laughs> we've worked some long nights and been away for some weekends but um you know it's all for the all for this i guess and getting this space and you know we, we talk maybe it was too soon but you know everything's kind of happening you know at the right time and everything happens for a reason and yeah i just I think it's all working out really well. We'll just keep burning sage on Mondays. Yeah, we do do a, a <laughs> weekly sage burn, actually. It's, it's great to hear that it's, um, it is just like rolling along like that because I think for Luke and I probably being in Melbourne, it feels like the last year and a half, like nothing's happened mm-hmm. potentially. So you hear like, no, actually, slightly adjacent to us, um, plenty's happening and people are doing really well at it. So it's great to hear. Yeah, I mean... I don't think we're taking advantage of bad situation or anything, but I definitely think like we've, we're learning a lot and I don't think without sort of without COVID we could have done it because I would have just been having a, you know, a great time at Slumming Ground still. And I would have been employed as well and not be, yeah, you would have, been employed. Wouldn't have had to like do something. We just sort of acted instead of just sort of popping job keeper, I suppose. Yeah. Just a chance opportunity. That's, um, you that's up great. against the wall and you're like, yeah. well, like, I don't want to be made redundant ever again. That yeah, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do I yeah. do that? It's like, well, yeah. if I'm my own boss, I won't fire me. <laughs> it's like, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's I've just... I've seen you in some pretty bad ways. I reckon you might fire yourself. <laughs> yeah, just in the mirror. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess just like taking it and, yeah, and running with it as well. It's worked out well and touch wood, it's going to keep working out well and, Yeah. Just keep up those weekly sage burns and we'll be fine. (laughs) It's worked so far, hasn't it? Yeah. That's that's Um, our tip to everyone listening. (laughs) Yeah. How to be successful is burn sage. Yeah. (laughs) Launch party. You had the Murlocs. Mm. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That probably helped. How'd that that happen? I've been mates with um, one of the people in uh, the lead singer Ambrose for years. Yeah, nice. I went to his 18th. Oh, very good. Sort of when we first started being mates. yeah, for years I just sort of asked him and he was like, yeah, Keen, what do you find if this COVID gets, goes away? And it was kind of the perfect time, honestly, like in between, not perfect time, because I think capacity went up slightly after that, but, oh, dude, it was the best night ever, honestly. It was so sick. Well, yeah, theatres, a huge venue, and so yeah, they their COVID capacity is like 300 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and they had 100 people in there, and that was the maximum. Dude. They've had some big names through that venue. Yeah, and then like Murlocs played, and it was like we kind of kept it private for a long time, and we sold sort of 90% of the tickets and then we put the last 10% up and it was just like sold instantly. And then, nice. yeah, it was just like such a sick vibe. Um, and the day before that we did like a soft launch. So we just had all our friends up and all, so the intention was to have the soft launch, release the tickets to all the people in the soft launch. So then it was just a big party after that. And the next day was the, uh, the Murlocs gig and New Year's Eve. And uh, yeah, it went absolutely nuts. It was so good, it was a huge conga line, the entire room, a hundred people conga line. Also socially it. distancing. It's pretty um <laughs> pretty cool experience walking around and just seeing a bunch of people drink your beer as well. Yeah, yeah. That was nice. pretty yeah. I like that. <laughs> that is great. Are you um in the future are you planning to do more stuff with the venue for that, that, that sort of thing? Um this well for New Year's Eve, this year I guess our first birthday party, we don't really know what we're gonna do. I guess we've got to up it somehow. Mm. 
We've got things planned. Can't really up the Murlocs though, Ambrose, can we, mate? No. <laughs> Let's go again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a tough one, and I mean, just with COVID too, it's so hard to predict. But I mean, we sort of run this thing like it, like it, it doesn't exist. Mm. I suppose so you just kind of have to do that. Assume it's not going to be here, and hopefully it isn't. I guess. Um, so yeah, I guess watch watch this space again. Maybe we'll try and find someone else to play and do a big gig, or whether it's I don't it, we like this this new space definitely doesn't have any capacity for sort of live music, but because the Theatre Royal is one hundred bits next door to us, it's easy to do stuff there, and our relationship with them is great, so very easy. Perfect. Yeah, keep going and try and have a big party. Will you have cans at the theatre all the time? Uh, yeah, we'll have taps there for sure. Uh, we'll probably nice. won't have every single um, beer on because it will be a bit shit for the street because you can only get only Love Shack beers on this one street. Um, <laughs> oh, it's not too bad. Maybe we rename the street. I think that's how it works. Love Shack Street. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they'll be to, I think they've got a few other people already sort of sniffing around now that uh, they've heard that we're sort of going to be moving over a little bit. Um, so, I mean, they get a because they're so popular, and yeah, like Harry said before, the amount of uh, people that they have coming through gig wise is just amazing. And um, yeah, so obviously, breweries really want to be a part of that, and we're going to be the 100% supplier for it. So, it's good. Hmm. Uh, Dave, do you have any more questions? No, that was my last one. Yeah. Excellent. Do you guys have anything we want to add before we uh, wrap this baby up? No, I've got, I've got nothing. No. How do we keep in touch with all things Love Shack related? Oh, the Instagram is definitely updated most days, and uh, that's probably it, I guess. I don't know. Is there any other thing else? I don't have a Facebook. <laughs> I don't really. I don't like the way it looks, so I just didn't bother. Google. Give them another shout out. Yeah. Uh, right, yeah. Google. Yeah. You that can was find. Find them at google.com. Yeah, it was uh, such a success last time. I don't know why you why you wouldn't. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah. I wish you crack beers. I heard, I heard some, I heard some t- people talking about Bing the other day, and I'm just like, <laughs> Come on, mate. no, what are we doing thumbs here? down. Yeah. Yahoo. Uh, yeah, I'll yeah, get out of here. Five hundred steez. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. It was great, and uh, I really look forward to to seeing. What happens with uh, Love Shack? Yeah, I want to come to Castle, mate. That sounds really good. Great. Right. Yeah. I think yeah, we might same. Craig's crack some um, pale cans just before we finish. <laughs> that can be the out, outing. <laughs> Perfect. Two, two cans. Yeah, I assume you open. guys went and bought some before this. Yeah, you guys open them as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should have sent you some. Sorry, that was a bit of a miss. I guess actually we only really locked this in yesterday, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, this is super last minute. Yeah, yeah, no, no expectation. Who did you bump for it? Did you bump Coca Cola for this? Yeah, yeah. Like, get out of here. Perfect. They bumped Coca-Cola. We just, we just, oh, <laughs> just rang them up before and just said, nah, you guys are out. Yeah, you've already had your can printing run. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, that sounds good. Oh, perfect. It's like ASMR. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>